on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, the evil doppelganger of Derek McCaw. Derek McCaw. Goatee riffing. I'm not sure how that worked, but I like the goatee. All right, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, here with the Fanboy Planet Podcast and our staff. To my left is my announcer. This is Lon Lopez from MoronLife.com. Staring. Gazing off into the wall. <laughs> I'm Michael Goodson, and uh, Iron Man opens 5208. So close. It's so close I can taste it. And of course, sound engineer, moral compass, and just laughing, going, I don't know what the hell's going on here. I'm anymore. Rick Brett Snyder, and I'm pleased as punch to be here. All right. He just tweaks the knobs. We're, eh, I slide wish. the slider. We're podcasting on February 27th, 2008, on a Wednesday night at Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104, in Santa Clara, California. Um, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got comics news, movie news, TV news. It all kind of blurs together, of course, because we spent much of our past weekend at WonderCon in San Francisco. Let's begin with comics tonight. Are you guys okay with Elon? You're moving forward as if you were going to say something significant. Um, we are. Are we going to talk about WonderCon later? Yeah. Okay. Cool. As it comes and flows. All okay. Right. Good. Yeah. Uh, because you had a really cool uh, meeting this weekend. I, I, I suppose I did. You'll tell me what it was later. You got to meet the old Lois Lane, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you, we, you we, mean we met Noel her, Neal. We uh, met Noel Neal uh, last year. Actually, Rick did. I did not actually talk to her. I'm a very afraid to talk to Noel Neal. Noel Neil. did a bumper for us. Because I, I feel like her. if I talk to anybody that I, that I watched on television when I was five, I get really shaky and nervous like this is you know somebody that wasn't real. But we did. Uh, I did talk to Rocky the Red Power Ranger, so I'm very excited about that. But that's, that's one just for my son. Wow. Uh, but a book came out today uh, that sold out immediately here at uh, at Elusive Comics and Games. But I know, Rick, you got to look at it back in San Diego, so I thought maybe we'd kind of throw back to Jeff Smith, who uh, finished up his Bone epic a few years. That sounds wrong. The epic, <laughs> the epic story, Bone. bone. His uh, epic Bone, yes. Which uh, Volume 7 uh, came out this week as well from Scholastic in the reprints. Uh, and I, I once again like to say that's a great book for kids if you're looking to pick those up and i kind of like seeing them in kid size it's not quite digest but it's a good size uh but his book rassle r-a-s-l which is very oversized as well uh it came out today but you're the only one of us who's seen it the hell are you talking about? you don't remember this you saw that back at comic-con what you, you talked talk about, about it? Willis? i didn't go to comic-con no that wasn't you <laughs> Never mind. Should we start the podcast <laughs> no, over now? No. <laughs> I was so waiting for this to make sense. I thought you were excited uh, about it. No, you weren't the one. Never mind that. Here's right. a little spotlight for you, Rick. Oh, it yeah. was me. Crickets. It was you. You saw it. No, no. I just thought I'd include myself. It's oversized. I saw Rasselin once. Because even though it's not a book for kids, he's trying to duplicate for adults the feeling of being a little kid. Okay. So the book is really oversized. So, so you have that big chair. That's yes, yes. So you have to get into a big, big, soft, comfy chair. This is a big, oversized book involving a 
an art thief, I believe it is, who leaves his tagline of R-A-S-L behind uh, writing on walls. It's like, you know, being, I guess, a graffiti tagger, and he steps between dimensions. And apparently Jeff Smith is claiming that he's worked out the physics and no physicist has been able to prove him wrong yet with the device that causes this. But uh, Much like, like, like the bone race or whatever. <laughs> the great cow race? Yeah. Because cows do. Uh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> they they like to race. They absolutely yeah, I do. imagine there are all kinds of physicists just stepping up to prove him wrong. He says can he you sh- prove that a person can't be made of I locusts? I cannot prove that. No. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And, and archaeologists have just discovered a race of bones. There, there you is. go. So, uh, so it's out there. <laughs> Jeff Smith finally doing a re- – but this time – Sounds wonderful. I can't wait how, to read it. How delayed was Bone near the end there? That, was, that got really slowed down. Eight years. Eight years. <laughs> it felt like that at one point. Um, but he says this one's a quarterly book because he's learned his lesson. It's 32 pages and he realizes that it takes him longer to draw them. Because I think we waited two years for Shazam, the Monster Society of Evil, too. Did so. he finish Shazam? Yes, he did. Okay. He did finish yeah. that, yes. I guess I haven't read it yet. I, I guess. I got to go. See you. Yeah. <laughs> it's in hardback, in fact. You can get it. Ooh. Yeah. Which is a good, a good buy. Uh, they're spinning it off into a children's book. Um, so so that's out there. There's also I, – I picked what up – What else didn't I read? You didn't read a manga about Batman. Warner Brothers, even though, even though people knew about this, that Warner Brothers was doing the next DC Direct video was this Batman Gotham Knight, which is uh, six anime directors telling stories written by American writers to bridge the gap between the Batman Begins movie and the Dark Knight. Wow, what a unique idea. Did we see something like that? Yeah, like uh, the Animatrix. Animatrix. Hopefully the Dark Knight will be much better than the Matrix Reloaded. Uh, hopefully, yeah. or Revelations. Animatrix is actually pretty good. And Animatrix was really good. So they're doing that. Uh, but what, we, what I didn't realize until today, I just saw this on the wires or on the net, that um, they've got a manga coming out as well called Batman Death Mask. Hmm. Now, nothing about this, but uh, again, do we feel comfortable? Are we? Do we enjoy reading manga-ized versions of our American heroes? No, but the kids do, right? Isn't that what it's for? I'm not even sure the, the kids. kids do, because Marvel's tried it and... Do we see those on the well, stand I, enjoy, I enjoyed the manga retelling of I did, the original no, Star those, Wars those trilogy, were, but I don't necessarily yeah. like as, original. As kind of a unique experience yeah. as a novelty, but not as an ongoing thing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't isn't, It's not an ongoing, is it, right? It's no, a, this is a one-shot done by yeah. some... Okay. So it's a novelty. Right. It's a novelty to see, but I guess if it sells... Well, because a few years ago, wasn't there one... Uh, I know I've seen a, a mangaized version of Batman before, and I'm not just thinking of the pictures they released from um, Gotham Knight today. But mm. Mm. all right, I mean, so it's out there. One I'm actually looking forward to. Another thing, I'm just going to talk about comics that haven't come out. So none of us have read it, no read them, none of us have seen them. But how many of you here at the table are fans <coughs> of the '80s cult film Repo Man with Emilio Estevez? Never seen it. I've seen it once in the '80s. Fan, fan. Well, Alex Cox, who I guess a few years ago vowed uh, one of his movies did so ba- badly he said he would never make movies in America again. It's okay. Apparently he's, he's shopped around and failed to sell a sequel to the film industry of Repo Man. So when you fail to sell it to the movies, make Go it a graphic comics. novel. Make it a graphic novel. So Otto, the character played by Emilio Estevez, has changed his name to Waldo. And there's a graphic novel coming out in a couple of months called Waldo's Hawaiian Holiday. What happens after he returns from his trip to the stars in that uh, in that car that he flies off in at the end? I think, are they going to have oh, to spoil the ending? Yeah. Dude, it came out in like 86. Have I could have went it? out and rented it. I think the movie's older than you. 
maybe. Yeah. I hope there's like an introductory sequence so they can tell Rosebud all the parts of the movie to the kids who have never been able to experience it before now. Yeah, is it out on DVD? You're a fan. You, and it seems like kind of if it was on DVD, you'd have it. I don't think I've ever looked for it on DVD. I only seen it on reel to reel whip out your non-blackberry and get working did you okay. did you call that reel to reel yeah <laughs> a vhs tape is that, a reel to reel a reel to reel he spins one of the little spindles <laughs> i was going. using an antiquated phrase to indicate that it's an <laughs> it's old and ancient loader. technology okay. that is no longer in use Buttons by anyone with the dvd player <laughs> Anyway, but it's interesting to me. It's also not coming out for an American publisher or even a British publisher. It's coming out from an Australian publisher. I didn't know there were any. Uh, <laughs> no, we have to apologize. That's to the Australia. great nation of Australia. Okay. A. What? Yeah. Called Gestalt Comics. Have you heard of them? No. No, but we'll be looking for that. I, I, we'll be looking for that graphic It's novel. not a Gestalt. It's a Gestalt. Gestalt. <laughs> All right. I get what you're saying. A little news that I think might excite Michael Goodson mm-hmm. here is that Greg Rucka, who recently gave up being exclusive to DC, just as J. Michael Straczynski just gave up being exclusive to Marvel. He's dating lots of people now. Date, yes, exactly. He's seeing other companies. We've all been there. And one that he's seeing, he's just has just been announced, he's going to join his old flame, Ed Brubaker. They teamed up to write Gotham Central. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They are going to be now, well... Brubaker's already writing this book, but Ruck is going to join him to write Daredevil. Ooh. So we've got that exciting to look forward to. Now, for someone who wouldn't know those two people, why is that an an ooh moment? Well, I did mention Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker started Gotham Central, which was about the police force in in Gotham City. Greg Rucka is Would they happen to be good crime writers? They are good crime writers, as people who do know their careers, but Greg Rucka was a novelist first uh, and writes as a series of crime novels. Uh, but for comics, they became very well known for that. Rucka was also writing Checkmate for DC. He wrote uh, kind of a controversial, maybe because it was so slow moving, but reasonably so, uh, run on Wonder Woman. Uh, together, uh, well, Ed Brubaker is also currently writing a series for Marvel or Marvel icon called Criminal which is a very great uh, criminal crime story thing. So they are two great crime storytellers, and they prob- and combining together on that Gotham City book was fantastic, really good stuff. Michael's mm-hmm. read through all the trades yep. and uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, have you read any of those? Oh, the Gotham Central? Gotham Central. No, no. Rick? Uh, spotily. Yeah. Bottle, okay. I've got all five trades. Do you all want to yeah. dip good into stuff. the library? Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Until um, the crisis of the, the infinite... Final Crisis, whatever, uh, kind of ended Gotham Central's reason to exist. And it's too mm-hmm. bad because now DC doesn't really have a book that kind of wasn't that, that where, where so. Renee Montoya was hanging yes. out in. Yes, and, and then they made before her she went Lezzy. Well, no, actually, no, she was, was Lezzy in that. Oh, okay, good. But then her character needed to take on I'm the say, yes, fifty-two arc, she was, so she left, and that she was, was as you might say, she was outed in the pages of that book. We use the term Lezzy with all the due respect. By oh, yeah, Two Face, yeah. I'd like to point. I, I've heard that the actual term now is gay L. Actually, heard this that <laughs> a gay elk? Come on, that is ridiculous. Not gay elk, gay L, gay L. That they prefer now is the term you mean, like is Gail. No, Gayle. If I meant Gayle, I'd like have Superman's said Gale. sister, yes. Gayle. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure it's spelled a little differently. 
But together, they're... Uh, I smell a future episode of Moron Life. Uh, or Smallville. I smell a letter to the editor coming. <laughs> I really smell I smell a Derek in edit. a pink cape. <laughs> You'd like to complain? Write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. It'd be like the Superman shirt with like the sleeves ripped off. You know, I'm trying to move on. (laughs) Rucka and Brubaker together (laughs) on Daredevil, which has been since Bendis traditionally a very gritty book. It's a very exciting uh, piece of news, and I thought that Michael might be excited. Yes, I am excited. I am all a Twitter. All right. Uh, There's also you know Stephen King's son Joe Hill, right? Isn't it? Uh, Wrote a. A, a book that came out last week called Lock and Key. Did it even come out yet? I yeah, heard it like before, it, like first week. It or? sold out. It's the first issue sold out last week. But I mean, who knows? I, I believe those uh, those figures can be manipulated. It's like, well, we published a thousand, we printed a thousand copies, and oh, they're all gone. They're gone from the distributor. They're gone right? from the distributor, and so, but it's, it's okay because uh, it's already been purchased by Dimension Films. So we're going comics to film. We'll go movies to comics with the Repo Man thing. Wow. And it's already within a week picked up. Uh, did anybody pick it up? Nope. No. No, well, it was look sold at out. It. Yeah, yeah, so it was sold I out. couldn't so we'll No, they're it. making a movie. I'll just uh, watch You'll just watch that. I understand. Because, you know, that hurts your head. Mm-hmm. Are they going to call words. it, like, Joe Hill's Lock and Key? I don't know. Because I'm not sure that the average guy on the street really knows. Stephen King Joe Jr.'s son. Lock and Key. Stephen King's son. Uh, yes. The son of the master of horror who made evil an event. Negate the reason for a false name in the first place. Really, it does. Okay. Also, in kind of a weird crossover thing that came out this weekend at WonderCon, and maybe this is a transition for you into uh, talking about your WonderCon experience, Boom Studios announced a big thing on Friday night. I think it's kind of canny, but again, I don't. it doesn't really affect me. Uh, but it might affect – no, it won't affect Michael either as video game editor of Fanboy Planet. But um, – They've uh, entered into a deal. He's the one who's been editing my video games? Mm-hmm. Yes, oh. he has been. Uh, no hot coffee for you. <laughs> no. Uh, that uh, EA, Electronic Arts, is a uh, – that's Thanks right? clearing that up. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> that's why Arts. you're not yes. video game editor. Exactly. Electronic Arts, games. Uh, he's got the rights for the, on, uh, the massive multiplayer online role-playing game version of Warhammer. So apparently they're developing that. And, of course, Boom Studios publishes the Warhammer books. I believe within three months they're going to be releasing a series that has a little scratcher card in every copy of Warhammer books. And one in five scratcher cards will get you into the beta testing Interesting. of the EA role-playing game. So it's kind of like a Willy Wonka for gamers. Yeah, okay. I've got a, I've got a nerdy ticket. I've got nice. a golden. Having been in a few hammer. beta tests, uh, you don't really need to seek those out, folks. It's just buggy software that they're trying to fix. Well, I'm sure Boom Studios appreciates your endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I didn't send you to that that, that press conference. Thank you. On the other hand, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, if you're really into the sure. if you dig Warhammer, if you dig Warhammer, it'll absolutely. be tons of fun. I mean, but this, this the is not game. Uh, the clarification there. This is a Warhammer role playing game. game. So it's Warhammer. A lot of people play Warhammer. It's about like having a nine thousand point army with hundreds of figures in front of you and spending the better part of the day moving five of them. This is the one you are one character in the world playing a role playing game. So you Much, need nine thousand so friends. Like, it's gonna be like World of Warcraft. It's a massively multiplayer. But it's World of Warhammer. Right. So don't get confused, people. This one's called Wow. (laughs) (laughs) With an H at the end. Wow. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, it's not so much the game that impressed me. It's the idea that they are entering into a a deal. Because I think, obviously, 
as we've said, we don't know if comics, if like, if if selling those properties elsewhere, like the Darkness video game came out last year and apparently it was pretty cool. Did that affect the sales of the Darkness? I don't know, but it's clear that entertainment has got to go that way into that synergy and go hand in hand. I think what's important about these worlds is there is an incredibly rich amount of information about the world, this races. There are just books, codexes of information about how people interact, what the races do, what all the gear does. And so, I mean, if you're looking for a property it, with know, a Bible already the established. the new Klingons? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hate to say it, my ignorance is so language. great. Is it, yeah. it? I mean, I think I read one of the books. Is it? Would you characterize it more science fiction or fantasy? Well, Warhammer is fantasy. Warhammer 40K is science fiction. Okay, so War, I, I don't Warhammer know which 40K one of these is far in the future. If a troll Warhammer. is holding a laser blaster, it's Warhammer 40K. Okay, it's if a good. troll is hol- <laughs> 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 holding a sword, <laughs> it could be either one. Actually, see, that's rather confusing. Then I see. Okay. So wait, what happens when it's Warhammer Steampunk? I don't get that one then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, never well, mind. Actually, never mind. We'll get that actually, later. Actually, uh, Warhammer is fairly steampunky. Oh, God, you're confusing Which me. Which brings up a question someone asked me this week as a result of being next to the Girl Genius booth at, uh-huh. uh, at WonderCon. Who started steampunk? Now, I said Wild Wild West certainly has elements of it, but no one really credits that. You know, if you really want to get technical. I, I do. That's why I'm asking I you. I know you do. <laughs> I would say Jules Verne did. Well, that's how I describe it. I say if Jules Verne stuff had actually worked in the real world, so that would be what steampunk the major, was. The major thing about steampunk is that it's high technology without the use of electricity. Mm-hmm. So all all the te- all the tech basically has to be running off of. You know, maybe you have a minor use of electricity or something, but you, mostly it's gears, mechanisms, steam. It has to be powered stuff. by eels if you have electricity. Yeah, you right. have you have some kind of galvanic generator that's that's there, not uh, alkaline storage batteries. Okay. That resolves something. So kind of like the train in uh, Back to the Future 3? Was yeah, that steampunk? That would, that would be steampunk. Interesting. Yeah. Sort of. Kind of. Yeah. It, it qualifies, although it doesn't. Didn't it have a flux capacity? Another, yeah, I know. See, that's, that's <laughs> Another, the flaw that, but it's okay. Lons it looked a, steampunky. Lon's made a connection. Oh. Another strong aspect of steampunk is the culture. The cultural, like a lot of good steampunk is is like Victorian era. Mm-hmm. So you have a combination of that style of dress and social manner and the gadgets and, and crazy <coughs> stuff that goes along with the technology. Right. Okay. So thank you. That that solves that. Yeah. I'm actually um, yeah, the the costume con in San Jose this year. Which is what date? Do you remember? Oh, God. This, this sucks that I can't remember what it is because I've just been asked to be the press liaison for that convention. Is it April 4th? Uh, don't, don't know. Okay. Yeah. Are we going? If uh, you're press liaison? We, I've been, we have also been asked to podcast. Well. Do we have to dress up? No. Okay. <laughs> you have to dress. Oh, you do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'd love to podcast from it. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for letting us know on the air. That's awesome. How do That's you uh, awesome. how do you podcast at a costume convention? The same way we do it at people walking around. Yeah, I think sure. so. Sure. We'll bring people onto the mic. Yeah. And we'll go, "Tell us what you're dressed as." And then they just Who are describe you wearing? it. Yeah. And no, we'll have pictures on the site. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. It makes also- good radio to talk about costumes. Yeah, we, we, it works for no. Howard Stern. I don't see the problem. Yeah. Well, so, he's got strippers, though. Yeah, he's nude girls on his radio show. Have yeah. you uh, gone to a costume cut? Come on. We'll get a, no. couple, we'll get a couple furries Do on. It. Everything will be great. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Maybe we'll get some soupies. Did you see the guy dressed as a wolf at WonderCon? <laughs> yes. It's like all three Who was that back. guy? Was That's, he? It's a guy dressed like a wolf at WonderCon. That would be that would be a furry con. This is costume con. But was he a specific character? No. 
Because I saw him around like all weekend and I wasn't sure if he was supposed to be something. He not. was a guy who had a wolf t-shirt and then went out <coughs> and bought the rest of the ensemble. Ah. Okay. <laughs> well, whoever you are, Nameless Wolf, <coughs> I think we've cheesed you off. Uh, before we move on to movies officially, there is, of course, a big event. Marvel's been hyping really heavily, and I think we should just like put out our guesses now officially. The Secret Invasion is clearly coming. So many series have been have been suddenly pointing towards that. Who do you think is Skrull? <laughs> Not to mention is? banners on top yeah. of the comic, yeah. on the covers of her. Who do you think is a scroll? Joe Casada. I'm going with that. Okay. Dan DiDio. I'm not up on my books, but... Uh... It would make sense if it was like Iron Man, no. but uh, no. I'm just saying. So. I mean, that's an argument they're making within the Marvel Universe. There's a lot of characters are thinking that Tony Stark Yeah, is but I think that's scroll. a big red herring. Though, I do, but, too. Yeah. A red and gold herring. There you go. But uh, I don't know. You know, I, I just don't care at this point. If I, but, but I know Bendis writes good stories, so... You know, if it's interesting, I'll check it out. But uh, if it's I think anything, jackpots a scroll. Well, do the math. Who's, I don't know. who's badly oh, no. in need of a retcon? Who wants to erase like the last maybe three or four years of their Spider-Man? Well, we've already done that. Oh. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Can Can Mephisto say, "Oh no, I made a deal with a scroll"? Maybe Mephisto's a scroll again. Maybe Mephisto's a scroll. I don't think that works. he had no power to undo all the stuff he undid. Oh, um, yeah. I think Uatu the think Watcher is a, scroll, is a scroll. Well, uh, they've released images of like Hercules, which I just don't think makes any sense. Uh, Wolverine is a scroll. Uh, Phoenix as a scroll. I think that it is possible that that there'll be a Jean Grey appearance that will turn out to be a scroll. But anybody that appears now from the dead, mm-hmm. I would say one that would work. And I I don't know because I haven't seen read enough to know if they, if he had thought balloons or not. And our theory that that's how right. Uh, Hawkeye. Who's running around as... Uh, yeah, that's not a bad one. As, uh, what's the kid? Not Echo, the... Ronan. Ronan. He's the... You what? know who else would be a good scroll? Who? Bucky Barnes. Winter Soldier. Oh, Lordy. That would be crazy. Wouldn't that mess with our heads? Here we were praising Brubaker. And would you imagine Brubaker going, I've built this carefully, yeah. plot line carefully for two <laughs> and years. And they took it away. And they say, by the way, he's a scroll <laughs> All the time. He was a scroll like, all the like, time. I'm sorry. Why should I bother uh, getting attention for you now? <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's a good one. That's a good guess. Aren't they kind of hinting that... Uh, Is it a good guess or a guess that would really piss you off? Yes. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> See, both ways. So not so much a good guess. It's both ways. No, I'm going to go either way. Would, Aren't uh, they kind of hinting that like Jessica Jones is a scroll? Uh, alias, you know, from uh, uh, yeah. Luke Cage's wife. <coughs> she had a baby. Can she scrolls had a baby have babies? Too. Yes, scrolls can have babies. But Hulkling they can't make them shul- shapeshift, though, can they? Hulkling is a is a scroll baby. She, he is the son of a princess of, of the scroll homeworld. Right, yeah, look, but as a he baby, looks, he he's the, green. No, but he's, he has a human form. Oh. He, yeah, grew, he grew up thinking he was human. Oh, he did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. The woman raising him uh, was... Sent there as a, as a scroll, but to to maintain a, a, the illusion of his humanness. When does this come out? Because we've been talking about it for a while. Do we know when it's well, hitting? There've been, they've been it, it's already look here. at the cover of yeah. any Marvel book. No, but I mean, week. there's got it. The Secret Invasion actual Captain Marvel had it, and yeah. See, I said it was disproved yeah, by I the. Saw, st- I saw it on Moon Knight. Oh, it did. It says in the bottom four eight. So April. April eighth, the scrolls hit town. Not April first. Oh, we I wouldn't think take it's it. Four oh eight. 
We wouldn't take it seriously. No, there was one there. Oh, April. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so there we go. It's on, it's it's not a banner on the top. Then it's like a little thing in the indicia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so movies. Uh, I know you guys tried to hear this, but apparently now that the strike has been resolved, guess what? Movies back on. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. I'm tired of talking about this. <laughs> Except that everything we feared is coming true. Uh, except now apparently they're going to move it from Australia to Canada. Huh? Yeah, I don't know why. But uh, apparently the Justice League of America, there I said it, the Justice League of America ah. movie is back on and moving to Canada from Did Australia. Did you hear who they cast as uh, Martian Manhunter? Or they're talking about? But I didn't know. I, I, it's been so long since I've seen the movie. So do you know who the... Some guy, Toe Cutter from uh, Mad Max. From the first Mad Max movie. Toe uh, It showed up on any cool news. I don't know if I've... Seen seen it anywhere else and even any cool news said with a grain of salt well let's talk about wondercon because at wondercon is movie news lawn uh and the moron life crew really spent a lot of time in hall a where most we the, camped out camped out where most dug the, in where most we were the, embedded with the 501st where most of the hollywood stuff was happening no the 501st was actually around it was kind of disturbing you were there in hall a and you saw uh certainly the iron Everything. man panel the iron man panel which was a big deal all right i'm gonna say something really say it off kilter here you want to know the one of the movies that got me most excited out of all those panels? Please don't this, say that, Journey to the Center. You'll there. never guess. Nice I'm actually it. excited to see Wall E. Oh yeah, uh, I'm interested. I, Did I they have normally, anything more than the, the, the yeah? Trailer? They had like three big clips from the movie, and I'm yeah. not really a big Pixar guy, unless it's like Brad Bird, Incredibles kind of thing. But like Wall E, we sat there and watched it, and I was just watching it, and I'm going, "This is a winner." This is a really? winner all the way. Really? And um, cool. Yeah. So Wally was exciting. Well, that's a surprise. Yeah, that was like one of because. Well, here's the thing where I think I got excited about it. I'd already seen. Well, you know, they had brought new Iron Man footage, and you know, mm-hmm. it felt like kind of Comic Con over again with the presentations they were doing. Oh, so the Iron Man wasn't really all that. <coughs> no, 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 no. The, the Iron Man was pretty cool, but I'm just saying that I've already been to it. Well, you know, I guess it was just it was more exciting because it was like. Wow, this is a pretty cool movie. So, for those of us who weren't there, what did the Wall-E footage show? I mean, um, you know, basically just longer clips from the movie. Uh, we get the idea that he's kind of a junkyard roving ro- robot on an abandoned Earth. Yeah, and, and then, then an alien spacecraft lands and picks him up, and he goes off. And he has planet. a little space adventure, and you okay. know, you don't want to say too much, huh. but um, that's more than I actually realized of the plot. I mean, because the trailer they had seems like. It, it's bothered me because I thought it was badly marketed. It's like it's it's desperate. It's like remember Toy Story, remember Bugs Life, and this is the last idea we had from that meeting years ago. And we just remembered. Oops, we have this napkin with a drawing on it, and that's Wall-E. Woo! That was the presentation. Have you never seen it? You've never seen that trailer? No. Oh yeah, that's the that's the commercial. That's the it's been on television. The trailer uh, has been the- theatrically. For the last uh, six months. No, I haven't seen that. I've only seen the one you can download, the the high-def thing. Where it starts off with the Pixar lamp, and Wally comes out. Oh, no. And uh, the Pixar lamp comes out and does the squashy thing on the uh, on the first, on the P. Uh-huh. And then the bulb goes out. And then Wally comes, comes in from the right, replaces the light bulb and the lamp, so it's now glowing. And he, so he starts to roll off. He knocks over the R, and then he... Looks around and he stands in for the R. He makes his arms into the top part of the R and he uh-huh. sticks his foot out in the bottom. So he's now the R where the lamp is the P. But and then they go into the the uh, that the is long adorable. Trailer. Yeah, it's it's really cute. 
That's the thing. I normally Wally don't fall. Stole Lon Lopez. I don't really fall for cutesy movies like that. But this was like, well, I think the one thing that's really interesting for me is that there's very little dialogue in the whole movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all like told through like beeps and sounds and stuff like that. And I think that's just kind of yeah. I just think that's kind of interesting from a storytelling standpoint, where it's like, how do you tell a ninety-minute movie with very little dialogue and just beeps and you know, so you really have to rely on your animation. You really have to rely on your, you know, direction. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, to me as a filmmaker, that really interests me to like, I want to see how they're going to pull this off. And the stuff I've seen has been really good. So I'm, I'm impressed. But we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to a Pixar movie. And I'm not eight years old. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. What else did you, that impressed you? Anything else surprised <coughs> you? What about the, star, uh, the Iron Man footage? Iron Man just showed longer clips um, of the jet boots. And you know what's funny is Marvel or Paramount, whoever, with with the you know how they have questions for people, you know, oh, we'll take questions from the audience. Yeah, they put a plant in line. Obviously, some older woman came up. I'm a big Iron Man fan, and you know she's like 60 years old or something. You're like, right? She's all. I was going to put a plant. It would be someone a little. Well, no. Okay, but some covered teenager. So little lady goes. I'm a real big Iron Man fan. I've been forever, and I was really excited when I saw your Super Bowl ad, and it kind of showed the jet boots. Are we going to see any more of the jet boots? And then Favreau kind of goes, oh, it's funny you say that. Let's take a look at some clips with jet boots. And then, boop, you know, lights go out and they start showing the clip. And I was like, what old lady is going to go up there and go? Then she takes off her mask and it's Robert Downey Jr. Right. Yeah, but I was really like is. sitting there going, what a cheap plant. But it, it worked. It was funny I and entertaining. I this old lady. <laughs> so I take it Downey wasn't there. No, Downey. Um, <laughs> basically stuff you'll see in the movie. Just him playing with the, the you know. I don't really want to spoil it for anybody. It was just. Fun, looks good. Then so, they showed the long two-and-a-half-minute trailer that I guess is going to hit the theaters eventually. And that actually gave me goosebumps because a lot of cool, like, Iron Man flying around stuff. And so that, that looks great. So, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's going to be the movie this summer. Everybody's all hyped up. Did the it. CG look better uh, on the uh, Yes, but however, they did show that one clip from the... Uh, With the tank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Was, you know, I mean, it was good. Favreau, you know, loves the fans, was working really good. Clips look good. Now, I think I have to ask you is, did they sneak in anything on Hulk? Am I going to get – I'm still getting really uh, well, nervous about he, that. Um, oh, did you guys see the Hulk pictures released the Empire, online? The Empire Online pictures today. There's a picture of uh, – Dude, uh, Thunderbolt looks good. At, he look, yeah. Wait. <laughs> Hey, he's been working out. Good. William Thunderbolt Ross. William Hart Hurt as General Thunderbolt Ross it's looks surprisingly looks like, like General co- Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, it's actually really uh, interesting. Surprise. Nice quads. And did you notice the picture of Ed Burns or Ed Norton? Norton. He looked. He was like. I oh. would not go see it if it was Ed Burns. They would finally have maybe go. No, this is a superhero movie. I will not see. <laughs> I would, lies. Ra- I would rather st- you would totally see that. I would movie. rather see Shaquille O'Neal and Steel <laughs> Two. <laughs> well, no. What was weird about that picture is they show him like hulking out and getting yeah. zapped or whatever. And you know, I guess since with a Hello Kitty tattoo, he has such a, a strange like pale complexion that like he's you know he's like tensing up and his whole like skin is pink and red. So I'm all. Is this going to be the Red Hulk in the movie? You know what I mean? So no, they're not going to. They do better that. not, because it looks no. Dumb. Because I've, we've already seen the action <coughs> figures, and the action figures are green. Yeah, right. Anyways, um, oh, one the audience would all go I thought until Hulk you put them in green. hot water. Then they turn red. Oh, I've, I've seen the party plates. The party plates are, oh, are all okay. green, and Ooh, the towels. Nice party well, plates. Don't, don't lie. No, they don't. No. They don't. You know, one panel that was surprising to me, and maybe you guys can help me understand it. 
the excitement for the X-Files sequel was strange to me. Well, I saw the... Were you a fan of the show? I was not. However... That's why it's strange. Why strange. Well, no, no, no. Here's why it was strange to me. Every time anything happened, even to the point where when they were putting out the people's name tags, there was a chorus of screams, like females screams. Okay. Well, one, like it was uh, like it was an David, in-sync concert David or something. David Duchovny is a huge heartthrob in fandom. Yeah. Really? And the X-Files is one of the few properties... I mean, like Buffy did for a while, but when the X-Files was on, the X-Files warranted its own convention circuit. Yeah. And I don't think they have one anymore, but crea- it was a creation con that does like, the Star Trek ones. Um, <coughs> but, I mean, I didn't think they had an X-Files round. So, I mean, there were big X-Files. I knew there were X-Files fans, but I didn't know how rabid and, and rock the star they were. The seven seasons or the ten seasons. Ten seasons? Ten seasons. And the movie. Oh, we forget about the last three, though. Yeah. Yeah, so just seven, for me, because, I mean... You know, you go to these things and you see people excited. You know, Steve Carell came out and got a good response and everything, but he's Steve Carell. He's mm-hmm. on The Office and everything else. Yeah. But, like, The X-Files hasn't been around for a long time, and it was just shocking to me to see how rabid the fans were. Well, fans. I did see pirated footage shot from the audience watching the trailer, and I agree. The, the trailer showed nothing but these quick snapshots and stuff. I didn't get in there in and, time, so and, I didn't see you the know, trailer. No plot. It was just quick little things. And the audience was, like, freaking out, and I was like, yeah, I'm excited. I watched the whole thing. Was a huge fan. I'm very excited about it. I don't know that I would be screaming my head off. Were there anybody, was anybody recognizable? More... Did they show the Smoking Man or the no. or Alien Oil or no. anything like that? But it's not. It's Again, not part I was of the watching cons- footage that was recorded of footage. So. Oh, okay. It, it, the conspiracy is not involved. It's a standalone. It is a standalone right. dealing with a monster of some sort. And so, who knows? I don't. You know, I haven't even heard if any of the uh, if any of the other guys are there. I mean, I think it was a men- mention, and somebody asked if Crycheck was going to be in it, and they said, "Well, he doesn't have any arms left, so we, we don't know." And uh, smoking gum are all dead. Duchovny said something about, "Well, he still has that good tea bag dipping hand." And <laughs> the uh, lone gunman, the lone gunman, lone gunman. Are, the lone gunman are dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, although apparently that was asked, I didn't realize that I haven't seen all the episodes of the Lone Gunman, though I liked the show. Apparently there was one where somebody flew a plane into the World Trade Center. Yeah, I heard that them talking about and, that too. And uh, Chris Carter said, you know, like felt really bad. He said it was just like he really doubted that any of Al Qaeda was watching the Lone Gunman TV series. But it <laughs> yeah, was that still was one where the plane got taken over remotely, and they were on the ground trying to get back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I, I haven't seen. I don't that know one. if it was going to the World Trade Center. It was going into a building, though. I, I th- well, well, they were saying there were parallels. I don't think. Yeah. Said they okay. Exactly. I think I read an article that made the presumption because I didn't see the whole panel. No, it wasn't. I don't believe. But it was I thought the that Duchovny and, and Jillian Anderson were, were you know charming. Uh, certainly. No, you know what was funny was uh, Jillian Anderson looked drunk. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. It's the same thing of, although they were filming all night and they got on a plane and they flew to Okay, San well, she was very sassy, which I thought was kind of funny. Well, she is very sassy. Yeah, she's sassy. Mm. At one point, uh, there was the PR guy from Warner Brothers. Ten years of not being on TV will do that to her. Yeah, probably. She's a thinking man's crumpet. But the PR guy from Warner Brothers who was asking him questions, and at one point, Jillian Anderson stops and goes, I- I'm sorry, who are you? You know, like, in front of everybody. And it was Why do I like, always get the first question? Yeah, and it was just kind of like, wow, okay, uh, you just handed that guy's ass. So, you know, <laughs> that it was weird. That'd be hey, a Fox. Feel rap, good, though. big shot Hollywood girl? Because uh, X-Files is becoming from 20th Century Fox. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, we gotta, you got to know. This is why they don't invite you backstage to the press area. Slam. You don't know which studio That's because I'm are. hanging out with you. Oh, <laughs> she's Wow. And we're back. Right in front of the panel and everybody. Wow. <laughs> it's, 
And uh, did you see any other good panels? Well, I mean, I attended the Wanted panel, and I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't all that impressed, honestly. Doesn't that film look like a Saturday afternoon time killer? Uh, that movie is unwanted for me. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I guess I mean I could cut it some slack and say because it was so CG. Maybe it's not. They done. lost me at Super Bowl. The, the the premise that you can move a gun sideways and make the bullet curve. Yeah, they showed that. They, that's, yeah, that's they just. Well, which, even then, the, the the tail end of the trailer they showed they they sh- some guy shot two bullets that went around a that's around that's the like, car. I'm throwing like a yeah. softball slow like, pitch. There'd be a lot of uh, exposition to set this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I really wasn't all that impressed. Again, I thought James McAvoy was. Uh, a really affable guest. Yes. I sat there thinking, basically what, what WonderCon did for me was thinking, I'm watching McAvoy and somebody says, well, good luck at the Oscars Sunday night. And I thought, yeah, you know, you probably have that a little more tense in the back of your head. I'm nominated for an Oscar. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like, and we rule the world. We've got these guys coming up here. To, I mean, Steve Carell and, and Anne Hathaway were there Saturday. Yeah. And they were presenting an Oscar Sunday night. I mean, yep. you'd think that's the weekend they'd really much rather just be going... A billion people. Mac- I know McAvoy the McAvoy looks good in a beard, though, doesn't he? He is. He is a good-looking young man. Yeah, but they're and, all whores to the studio. And you took fine pictures of him, too. Well, they are. They, they are. Absolutely. It's the truth. It is, it is the truth. But I just think that it was just kind of a weird, like, oh, and then I'm watching him on Sunday night present an Oscar and going, oh. I just well, if you noticed, guy. Carell and Hathaway presented together. Yes. Be promoting no, the movie. No, I know that. You know I, I mean? do so understand like, that. It's I no... did like the fact that Carell was able to get a signature jab in at Jon Stewart. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. off the cuff. Oh, you're talking about the Oscars? Yes. Oh, I didn't see yeah. That. So, uh, but yeah, they, it was just interesting to me to, to see that. So that, I saw that panel. What else did I see? I saw the Journey to the Center of the Earth 3D panel. Can we talk mm. about that? Well, um, can we talk about coked up Brendan Fraser? Who had the flu? But oh, uh, <laughs> hey, man, if he's got the flu, he shouldn't be doing the blow. He's got well, you know. I'm sure the thing is, he's far. Can we well- talk about how bad. I mean, because yeah. I heard other people like actually like you know like talking around in in the con, like, oh yeah, that Brendan Fraser was really wrong. Yeah, he was. I mean, but I, Did, what didn't I they say, announce that he was sick or anything? Or they just let they, people they never, think he was They never announced stoned. that he was sick. They they sent to the press because we were supposed to interview him Friday afternoon. And they sent me an email the day before and said he will not make it to the interviews because he's sick. Quote, unquote, but, but he will go to the panel. No, no, listen. In all honesty. You keep defending him. You know what he has that you don't? Talent. Insurance. So he has access to really good drugs. When he's it, it's not like they sent it out that morning and said that he's canceling a period. They sent it's it out like, the day before. Yeah, it was two days before he was sick or something. What Hollywood guy plans out, I'm going to be stoned for a convention appearance. So have, Let's you know, see, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll cancel that interview. Well, if I ever get a Hollywood career. <laughs> yeah, well, you will Totally. Be. But, uh, you know. I, he probably sit there and went, wait a minute, wait a minute. How many people they got to interview me? Oh, there's two, and no. one of them's Fanboy Planet. Uh, I'm sick. I yeah, can't make yeah. it. <laughs> Only um, two of us answered back for that one, even though it was – because even though Journey to the Center of the Earth 3D, maybe, okay, it's going to be a kid's little fluff piece and probably aimed at the wrong audience because it's prob- because of being in 3D, it's probably way, way, way too intense for, for the six- or seven-year-olds that would really, really get into it. Um, but uh, but he does have that mu- the third Mummy film coming out with Jet Li. So, I mean, it's kind of like, the, with nothing else, that Mummy film's going to be interesting to look at. Mum Lee. You know, well, you know what was really interesting Michelle, to look I don't at? Need, you know? uh, I, th- what lost me on the, third, the 3D panel 
was having multiple people tell me about the Polaroid 3D process and how it's not at all like the red and green goggles. No, I understand like, that. How many of the people in this audience have watched an old style 3D movie? And with let me the red say, when when filters? when Rick Brettschneider is getting is getting bored by technical talk, <laughs> bored now, <laughs> bored now, because <laughs> because my God, you it's right up there with the guys who are talking about the wave uh, <laughs> the waves last year. <laughs> so I understand your concerns. I just don't. I just, well, let's just say this because I have, what I saw, what I feel is like when when an actor really is is out there trying to make touch well, with the fans, out there. which is what WonderCon is about. And I've and I, we've we've dealt with surly people, people that didn't want to be there, but a guy that is legitimately, I know you got you know that's trying. I don't want to doubt there like he was stoned. Okay, I, I just oh, I, I don't think stoned. I think he was high. I don't think cocaine. Was I don't know. I I, I do, do we all see it? I was yeah. I was joking around that he doesn't. He's not cold. He's he doesn't have a cold. He's stoned. But at the same time, I was I was given the the possibility that he was just on some very good uh, antibiotic. And I think there have been a couple kind of, of podcasts where I've been on Nyquil, and you guys have asked me questions, and I've sounded a lot like Brendan yeah. Fraser. That's yeah. all I'm saying. No, so, I, when you get Nyquil, you guys you're a be, downer. He was up. He was find out he has a brain tumor. I, I, mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it was when he Great, came thanks out. Thanks for giving Brendan Fraser cancer. When he, I didn't do it. He it was came the out cocaine. and he stood in front of the mic, and he was like bending over to talk into the mic. Yeah. And I, showing people his boots. And I felt yeah, that that's he was not medicine. Disoriented. I felt he was really rather disoriented. You've well, just, here's the thing. I've I'm got, saying you've never been able to afford medication that good. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Mom. well, I've been hurt pretty badly, and I, I've been sick, and I've never acted like that. And Mom has just made you a thing of castor oil and cayenne pepper. I understand. And love. It's different. You forgot yeah, the love. that's what you thought. <laughs> but uh, for all those of you who are curious, uh, in about a week, uh, I'll, ha- I'll put some clips on Fanboy Planet. You, yeah, can, ju- or you can judge for yourself. Uh, you know what? I w- I'll just put them on Moron Life, and then you can you know, check them out. Because so. Derek will defend them up there. Yeah, right? exactly. If I put him on Fanboy, he'll be like, well, it's good medication. Okay. He's sick. So we're a split panel here, two people thinking No, no, no. I'm not taking sides. I didn't actually stay. I had better crap to do. Frankly. Okay, fine. So uh, yeah, this, and then you were you at any more of those panels on on Saturday? I uh, I saw uh, the Prince Caspian one. That was okay. Lots of Minotaurs in that one. Um, <laughs> in the audience? Well, you never can That's tell weird. with these cons. <laughs> Couple of centaurs. Um, they really had to clean up afterwards. Yeah. Then we saw what else? Did but we I see? wonder, like with kids' movies, like is a panel really matter? Because people are going to that are the here's the one thing. Here's the one thing I'll say about WonderCon well, this year. Well, I have year. an Iron Man panel. We're all going to go see it. Last year's panels they put in Hall A, I th- no Hall H or something. Uh, it was up. No, it was, it was upstairs, upstairs yeah. and it was too crowded and you couldn't get enough people in. This year they had it in Hall A, A, and it was like Comic Con's uh, big yeah. thing last year. Looked exactly like Comic Con's, you know, big hall, and they had they were able to put enough people in. Get everybody seated and get everybody excited. And they I had a screen good hanging choice, halfway Wonder back, Con. halfway back from the screen stage. They had another screen hanging. Yeah, that was just like Comic Con. Yeah, so I was really impressed with WonderCon this year and the fact that they knew that last year they were crowded and didn't, you know, couldn't hit it enough responded. fans. And I, it's growing. Yeah, people. I was it, impressed. It, good it job, is growing, but they, and they've got room at Moscone, which is really good. So hopefully that'll, you know, it, it can withstand a little more growth. Yeah, WonderCon totally satiated my San Diego Comic Con desire because San Diego Comic Con is just so crowded now. I and San Diego is, I mean, I, this is the limit. I don't think that San Diego can grow anymore. And Ooh. there's a feeling that WonderCon still could. The WonderCon definitely could because you forget that was only half of the Moscone Center because. The other half was the game designer, game developers conference. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole another underside 
area there that could have been opened mm-hmm. up. It'll be like E3 where it eventually encompasses yeah, three sure. different conventionals. That, and then there's uh, the West. They've got a new West building, too. So, Well, you guys were well, able it was to... in the West building a couple of years ago. It's been it all was. over. It's been in North, yeah. South, and West, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, you checked out the D.C. – what is it? We, D.C. Nation? We went to the D.C. Nation. Yep. Right? Were there any big revelations there? Any? They showed a whole bunch of covers that were interesting. They showed the D.C. Universe Zero cover. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sitting where, anywhere where I could see the, the detail. There were definitely figures in that blue, misty stuff they mm-hmm. had on their cover. It, it was definitely that there was art by George Perez, and that's all I could really tell. It looked yeah. like a couple of Legionnaires were um, – we're lying dead there, but I couldn't. I, it was really too hard for me to see. Yeah. Um, the James only, Robinson. J, yeah. The only thing that I'd say that really came out of that was a lot of teasing about James Robinson writing a book they couldn't talk about uh, with Green Lantern, Green Lantern and Green, Green Arrow. And um, and so now someone has said, no, it seems like it's more of a Justice League thing. But I only heard them reference Green Lantern and Green Arrow, so that's what I was kind of. Assuming, and he's joining. He's going to be writing Superman in tandem with Action Comics with Jeff Johns on that. So they're going to move those books back to uh, kind of every other week. You have to pick up; it's all one story. So Jeff Johns and James Robinson, I know, write very well together because they they launched uh, Hawkman together, I think. And hmm. there was some, oh, they, uh, actually James Robinson started JSA in the first place and brought mm-hmm. Jeff Johns onto that. So, uh, so you know, they, they do they do work well together. And yet it's one of those things where I kind of feel like the way it was said was Jeff Johns has a lot of power at D.C. It was just like when Jeff Johns called me and asked me to do this, it's like, Jeff is hiring all the writers? <laughs> you know, I mean, the D.O. just fields questions at he conventions. He just fields questions at conventions, absolutely. So, I mean, I thought uh, – I didn't go to the Saturday one where they were supposed to be really make this hardcore announcements, but I didn't think – Oh, really? But oh. but not a lot of stuff came out. Like I And I still can't talk about it, but I know from reading Keith Champagne's blog there was supposed to be a big book that was going to be announced at WonderCon and then wasn't because oh. he has already done an interview with Newsarama ready for that launch. And it wasn't announced, so... So this year, WonderCon was before New York Comic Con. Yes, New York Comic Con is now in November, I think. Really? Yeah, it's been moved to a fall fall date. So Last year, when we were WonderCon, New York Comic Con had already happened, and so everything we heard was kind of an echo of what already been announced. And everybody was really surprised. But this was their first show for the year, they were saying. This was their first big comic show where they were all sitting up there and paneling. Yeah. So... So they didn't break much news except that they've got Straczynski writing an as-of-yet-unnamed book for them. Which so are you not allowed to talk surprised. about the Keith Champagne book? I'm not allowed to talk about it because DC hasn't officially announced it. Am I allowed to talk about it? No. Oh, okay. How we, about me? No, we are not allowed to talk about That's it. That's good because I don't know anything. No. There I, is an embargo. There is an embargo, but um, maybe after I'll, I'll gather questions and we should shoot an interview with him. But um, uh, So... Well, I had a cool uh, moment from WonderCon. Okay, good. Uh, we all know that uh, Bagley is uh, working. Mark Bagley is working for DC now. Animated. Um, Trinity. Trinity, right. Yeah, with Kirk right, Dushek. We talk about Trinity, too. Yeah. Um, and one cool thing I noticed, and first of all, um, Bagley's a cool dude. Met him a couple years ago. And um, he was, you know, just signing autographs or greeting the fans at the DC booth or whatever. Some guy brought up his kid. And uh, asked him if he could draw Spider-Man at the DC booth. And uh, Bagley did it. You know, But he had a little rule. He's like, only for kids under 12 or something like that. So, <laughs> well, I think it's fair. No, yeah. but I just thought, I'm like, here's a guy promoting DC. Took 
you know, he didn't have to, didn't charge him anything, drew a cool little original Spider-Man, you know, that was a Mark Bagley Spider-Man sketch. Well, he even inked it, gave it to this little kid and took that's off. That's PR. Well, I was just saying, you know, that's, you know, who well, else does There are artists that? right now that won't do that. Sure. And, and part of it is their fear. And we call those people... Jerks, yeah. Yeah. but no, there's a fear that that, that, that people are just going to get those sketches and they should see them on eBay. Yeah. which I understand. Uh, I understand then the artist being concerned about. You ever looked that. at how much a sketch you know goes for on eBay? No, I haven't. It's like dollars, dude. A lot of dollars. Them. Well, yeah. uh, well, let's beat up Dave. He's got um, a. But I just thought of, that was cool. Let's just beat up Dave. So Bagley, <laughs> you're a cool dude. In my now, book. did I hear? Did I hear right? Is Trinity a weekly? Trinity is a weekly. Okay, so it's like a six. 12 to 16 pages of story with the main three, the big three, as it were. And then the, there's going to be a backup that has, like, a character who's involved in the overall storyline. Okay. But it's being self-contained. It's not like Countdown, obviously, or like Well, that's cool. I, I don't mind a split book like that as long as they're coming out weekly. Then the story yeah. actually goes along pretty fast. Yeah. So It'd be I mean, even better if the characters only appeared in that book. Yeah, I think it's. I think we can treat it sort of as a as a companion to what like Brave and the Bold is accomplishing. Yeah. Right now, which is you know just rotating through the DC universe, who's out there and uh, Trinity doing that, but anchored with with the big three, and I'm I'm for that. I you know I'd much rather have that sampler. The right big now. three for listeners who don't know: Superman, Aquaman. Batman, and Wonder Woman. <laughs> Aquaman. Ambush Bugs. not in there anymore. Ambush Bugs coming, baby. He's coming. Uh, you know, that was that somebody asked Jan Jones at that panel if uh, she if they were going to sell the crocheted uh, ambush bug that appeared in the back of DC's books. And I like the suggestion of make your own. I love that. I think it's great because that's a, I, again. I got kind of weirded out when I realized I was thinking ambush bug would totally like that. <laughs> Wait, he's not real. Oh. He thinks you're real though. Yeah, that's, and that's all that matters. He thinks I'm real. Uh, <laughs> he believes in Derek. Yes. Yeah, so that was kind of the yeah. The, and of course, new front. Did you go on Sunday? I did go on Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, that's when I met Rocky, the Power Ranger. And oh yeah, and I, I should say because Sunday morning I got the I, I walked into the booth at, at Elusive Elusive Arts booth, and I got a phone call. And this guy says, "Hey, this is Doc from Heroes of Science Fiction and Fantasy, and I'm really hurt you haven't come by the booth." I was like. Okay, this is weird. It's like, are you watching me? Am I <laughs> <laughs> Mr. McCall. <laughs> Mr. McCall. You. You're here, and I'm a podcast listener. I and know what you did last summer. So I said, well, where are you? <laughs> are you behind me now? <laughs> and uh, he was over in Artist Alley. And, uh, or not Artist but yeah, over by the, I guess by Artist Alley. So I uh, walked over there, and there's a guy who does a podcast called Heroes of, of Science Fiction and Fantasy. Uh, he runs out of Tracy. He does it by himself. Has some nice equipment. Not as not as shiny necessarily as Rick's. But who whose equipment is as shiny as Rick's? No one. I no polish it at no night. One. I'm yeah, a I person. Uh, so he's a one man operation, and uh, he proved. He showed me on his iPod that he's been listening to Fanboy Planet. He interviewed me, and we talked about doing podcasts. And so let's go shout out to Heroes of Science Fiction and we Fantasy. We should have him on the show. We should. I've given him an open uh, invitation. Open invitation. He says you can quick link to, at iTunes, like you can get. Us there, and it's www.heroesofsciencefictionandfantasy.com. Come on down, Doc. So yeah, sit I, on the show. We'll or, take you to dinner. Or once we get the whole phone thing good places. you know, fixed, we can do no, that. I like to have in the table, you know. So we'll see. It, but uh, it was it was kind of neat. So I, that's what Sunday was. I went around and I shopped. There really weren't all the bargains there. Not as crowded though. Not as crowded. Not as crowded. Hey, that that was actually a fairly 
nicely priced convention for people who are. Yeah, I didn't think it was in. outrageous. I got my ambush bug and Lobo mini mates. No, I mean to get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The single day admission was like sixteen bucks. And I think that's reasonable. Yeah, that's, that's great. Reasonable. That's great. I actually went on Friday and stocked up on half price trades because they've got three different booths now. Right, it was all the same company. I love them. Yeah, and uh, and saved at least sixteen bucks on trades. So if you if you had paid sixteen dollars to get in, that right. would have been worth it. Absolutely. We sat down with the producer of Journey to the Center of three of the Earth three D. And uh, we'll have a video uh, piece on that soon. 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 Uh, Saturday, we sat down with John Cho and the two directors of Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. That was another panel we sat in. Yeah, yeah, we just sat on the bed. And that looks dang funny and wrong. I felt very guilty for laughing at everything, but I laughed. So I'm there for that. Um, And I sat down with most, well, everybody that was there for The New Frontier. So, you know, up on the side already, your interviews with Phil Morris and. Bruce Tim, but Stan Berkowitz, uh, Darwin Cook, and uh, Vicky Lewis, Vicky Lewis uh, who is voicing Iris Allen, Iris West, as far as New Frontier is concerned. Uh, and Andrea, Iris West. Oh, because that's yeah, her maiden right. name. Right. And Andrea Romano, the, I think, greatest voice director working in animation. And so that was pretty exciting. And I sat down with the, a lot of the cast and crew of the new Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, cool. Animated series, so we've got stuff coming up with that too. And There'll be a lot you... of articles on fanboyplanet.com. Mm-hmm. I'm working my butt off to get them all up there. Before you leave uh, New Frontier, uh, did you see it? I did. Is it wonderful? I really enjoyed it. I think that because I read uh, the original in its original issues, I've never sat down and read them in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one major plot point made sense to me in the movie that I'd never quite realized in the uh, in the comic. So that was nice. I thought it was really well cast. Um, I'm not sure someone who is not really familiar with all the characters would get quite as into it because, like, Adam Strange shows up. They never call him Adam Strange. They never say anything about him. He's just this guy dressed like Adam Strange in the back. And, he, and even the Blackhawks. It's really cool to see the Blackhawks. And the director told me I was, he was thrilled that he managed to get in the moment where they went, ha, ha. But if you don't know who they are, suddenly there's this guy flying a plane who goes, ha, ha. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so, so it's funny because it's really being marketed heavily. It's a yeah, target. It's, it's, a really, prize, it's, it's really how Jordan and John Jones' stories and those two it tells really well. The only thing, again, if you're not into the mythos, when the Guardians appear, never explained, the Owens, they just appear for a cameo and disappear. If you're not a Green Lantern fan, or if you're not already bought into what the superhero trope is, it's just like, did he just take a drug of some sort? (laughs) (laughs) For more information about the Guardians, visit your local library. The more you know. Yeah, it was. It's kind of bizarre. You need the pop-up video version. Yeah, but I. But and I'm sure it's in commentary. But what I really liked about the disc, oh, I got the two disc special edition. The documentaries they throw in there are great. This is huge, wonderful history of the Justice Society and the Justice League with all the guys that have ever written the books, you know, that are still living, interviewed, and that's and it's just great to see. It's like it, I love those kinds of extras where it's like having a convention panel. Brought into your home, but done so much better than a convention panel would have been, you know. And I, so I, I, I really like that. Then they, on the second disc, they include three, uh, like Bruce Timm's three favorite Justice League episodes. But they're all kind of like thematic tie-ins, like the Dark Heart and To the Farthest Shore, and I can't remember what the third one was. But uh, you know, sure they've been on the earlier. But if you're somebody who's just getting into this, and because of the hype, I'd say there probably are people that are like, huh, what's this, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a good primer and a sampler of what else is out there as well. Do you think the story, I mean, with respect to background and origins and such, the, the comic itself probably well, filled I think, in a lot I better. I think the thing is everybody knows who Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are. You don't need to do their origins, so they're right. not covered there. They've been around for several years as far as the story goes. And then it sets up, I said, Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um, and it sets up John Jones. Now, other characters appear, like Green Arrow is there. Again, no explanation. A sort of explanation for Aquaman, but you know who most people really do know who Aquaman is. Uh, You know, so, and then the challenges of the unknown are there. And actually, one, Ace plays a really major role. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's a tribute to the 50s characters, but I, I don't think you need to know. That that happened, you know, like the, that the Golden Age ended and these are the Silver Age characters kind of coming in. Uh, you don't need to know that to enjoy the story. It is the formation of the Justice League, and it kind of truncates in the opening titles what happened to the Justice Society. And even if you don't know who they are, it's clear that something happened that shamed the heroes, and it has to do with McCarthyism, so that's out. And then the end really just kind of carries through with uh, John F. Kennedy and the formation of the Justice League, and it's kind of truncated while this, the meat of the story is fighting... Uh, the center, this ancient entity that that has existed. Is it a on giant Earth. Oreo cookie, or kind of? Yes, okay. that's why the Martian Manhunter is involved, mm. and uh, and the Flash is there too. There's not a lot of explanation for the Flash, but the Flash is you know uh, Neil Patrick Another Harris. Another one that you really don't have to. You don't have to. It's just yeah. he's there, and and it's cool, and he only has the pivotal thing of because of all the paranoia. So, and it definitely is a story for our time. I mean, the par- you know it's the kind of thing again. There's sort of this government paranoia. The people are feeling. Um, you know, like the well, you know what I hear about paranoia? It will destroy you. It will destroy you. So, so yeah, I saw that, uh, and uh, I was glad it was. You know, uh, it was. So, so the uh, actually, I've seen the standard edition on mm-hmm. sale for like thirteen bucks, mm-hmm. and the the two disc special editions in the low twenties. Mm-hmm. So, pretty good value for. I think so. Either one, really. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, because all the sec. The special, the two disc special edition just adds a disc with the thing. It was just There's actually episodes. a link on fanboyplanet.com. There is indeed. You can p- purchase the two disc edition from fanboyplanet.com. What's Appreciate that it if you would. <laughs> www.fanboyplanet.com. Oh, yeah. I kind of assume people know that, but maybe not. Uh, so I, a little I, hand-holding. Never yeah, helps. Yeah, it's, uh, it's never hurt. Uh, so I really enjoyed it, and I, I was very excited about that. That's was, one super thumb up. Dear Lord. Uh, and uh, and since we're talking about, you know, I guess movies, Lon and I went and saw one uh, Monday Penelope. night. I saw Penelope. No, I'm I kidding. actually saw Penelope last night. It was um, weird. Mm, it looks weird. Yeah. Uh, Penelope is Christina Ritchie is a, a girl who has a family curse upon her. She's born with the face of a pig and until... No, just a pig nose. No, it's, oh, it's, the, the whole it's meant to be the face of a pig. In the, the baby, they do the whole thing. They have, like, the ears and everything. And then they just make it a pig nose when she's adult. But it's meant to be the whole face of a pig. And that's Christina Ritchie? Uh-huh. And until somebody, one of her own kind, lo- uh, loves her. Uh, What's her own kind? Pig snout girl. Well, that's that's the mystery. <laughs> uh, the Blue Bloods, because she's from a wealthy family. She's They're cursed by a gypsy, that one of the upper class. So another upper class person has to love her? Perhaps that's the mystery of the film. Okay. It's with James McAvoy. It was filmed like made two years ago, all right, and kind of shelved. And it's actually a cute little story. Like, what? I, but the problem with it is, I imagine it's mothers and daughters go to that, and then they go 
and they have tea together, and they do whatever little mother-daughter things that mothers and daughters like to do. Guys wow. like us, guys like us, so they're going, what was that? That was weird. <laughs> hmm. I thought Christina Ricci was hot. Uh, you know, yeah. She's part pig. She's part pig. Weird. Except the weird actually, thing. that actually sounds pretty good. Mike, you want to you go this weekend? to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're going to uh, go and then get tea afterwards. It, it, was, uh, it was cute. It was funny in some places. And it was just, it was kind of like it wanted to be a Tim Burton movie and didn't quite do it. And You mean Penelope Pignose? Yeah, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I just mean in like in like production design and so forth. There was there were some ideas that were clearly visually they were trying to make it a fairy tale, and they stop doing that for for long sections. And you so know what's th- funny is, is I just used the Penelope thing as a joke. I know you did. <laughs> we got a whole review out of it. You yes. meant you meant to say Penelope bigger nose. No, what we saw. no no I meant the fact of me just bringing up Penelope. Oh, I guess I didn't think we were going to get a whole review out of it. But, but awesome, what was the movie awesome. You what did we about? see? What did what we did see we together? Saw, we saw Semi Pro. And yes, we, we and did. We held each no, go back to Penelope. I... <laughs> no, next year when Penelope is a musical on Broadway, you'll be all over it. Ooh, yeah, because I, I know. Semi pro, huh? <laughs> Semi pro. Will Ferrell and Woody Harrelson in uh, the story of Surprising. the last days of the ABA, the American Basketball. Weird, weird film for me. Another weird film because it was two different movies in one. It was a Woody Harrelson sports underdog comedy. But not comedy drama, really. Almost like historical drama, yeah. Like about the about the end of the ABA and the so merging it's with based it. on a true ish incident. story, but then mixed with Will Ferrell comedy, right? <laughs> and mixed, it was like half farcical Will Ferrell comedy with like real world. That's what I, that's what I thought from the clips. And let me it just really and let me, because weird. what it knows is there are actors now that I'm sorry, I just can't take them seriously. Like so, you've got David Koechner in there, who's always this over the top thing, and he's playing a fairly. Meant to be normal character. Reserved character, Reserved, yeah. But you're waiting for, where's that wacky twist? Where's that wacky Whammy. twist? You've got Maura Tierney, who is not wacky. She's the Woody Harrelson story. She's on story. ER. Uh, she's the Woody, part of the Woody Harrelson half of the story. But she's married to Rob Corddry in a really bad wig. <laughs> and he's funny. But again, he's not real. And she's real. And so it was just kind of... Weird, and then uh, Andy Richter is in there, and you know he's not. You know, it, it was just bizarre. It just toes the line so weird. It's like one moment you're you're watching this crazy Will Ferrell movie, and you think, oh, okay, he's wrestling a bear. I know what kind of movie this is. The next scene, you have a tender moment between Will Ferrell and Maura Tierney, and or Woody Harrelson. And Maura I'm sorry, Tierney. what would I say? Will Ferrell. Say yeah, Will I meant Woody Harrelson. Right, and and you think they're bringing in Will? Um, sorry, I keep saying Will. Woody Harrelson to play the. You know the the comic foil to Will Ferrell, and it's not. He's this inspirational, real world player. They, threw you. they didn't make that movie. And well, it was weird. They made actually, another movie yeah. with it. He's actually trying to pull Brilliant. like Will Ferrell down into into realism, and it's just like and, it's and, almost like Will Ferrell's the ambush bug of this film. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you said that it works. That you're That's right. What That's I mean. exactly what he what it is. I mean, and there's some funny stuff, and I was laughing through it, and we were going. But I really want to watch the Woody Harrelson movie. Right. As cliched, I came here to watch a wacky comedy. As much as the as cliched as the storyline may have been, it was interesting because they're starting to talk about like that change from playing basketball with the fundamentals to it's becoming showboaty and the things that basically really did save the NBA, which apparently had a really difficult time before Michael Jordan came in. And it's what's not, strange is that that part of the film actually worked really well. Like mm-hmm. the the Woody Harrelson side of that film. 
made you really get into it and go, yeah, I want to see more of this. I want, I'm, I'm liking this part. And every time Will Ferrell comes on, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's right. We're in one of these movies, aren't we? And it was confusing. But it, so, but it was weird. I, I walked out really liking half of it. <laughs> yeah. I like both halves, but I just so when it comes out on on high def, you'll be able to choose which half of it. I hope, I hope I can. <laughs> but Will Ferrell's just a few cameos, right. and then I can watch a Will Ferrell movie where Woody Harrelson's just a couple of cameos. <laughs> and but I it think- was, but it had good performance, like the Andre Benjamin performance. Oh, yeah. He was on, more on the Woody Harrelson side. And gave kind of a nice, tender. I mean, it was yeah. it was really well. I've good. said Andre Benjamin. I know you said he is a star. He's a huge musician. But I'm waiting for the movie where Andre <laughs> Benjamin finally breaks out and people realize he's a really good actor. You've seen him in a bunch well, of things, though. Yeah, but it's always in a supporting role. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Andre Benjamin yeah, is from Outcast. Outcast Andre yeah. Three Thousand. Yes. Yeah, and he's just a really good actor. It's like that guy's going to be a movie star if he can get into the movie. That really lets him be a star. So now a lot of mostly, I heard he's he's tapped to play Jimi Hendrix. Is he? I heard that, that would be awesome. That, that, would that be awesome. could be his movie. But it's like Dwayne Johnson. I mean, you watch you you watch The Rock's early performances, and I know at the Oscars he was just called Dwayne Johnson, and my mother said, "Oh, he looks familiar." Who? Oh, The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, Can't get one by so, you, Mom. So feral movies often live in their own little universe where mm-hmm. he is this kind of crazy character. But right. there's kind of this nebulous rest of the world is kind of crazy along with him right. yes. kind of accepting. Yes. Now, did this – in this, is he less in that type of a world? Is he just a crazy no, character? No, or does everyone go, world? what an idiot. No, they jump back and forth. Well, it's weird. It's like that. it's that nebulous world is there. But it's populated by real world. It's exactly almost like a comic see. book. It's there's, like- this, there's an owner's meeting early on in the movie. And so you've got David Koechner as the head of the owner's association. So you're expecting that. So, so he's the actor who can actually interact with Will, Will Ferrell on like the same level, sort of. And then there's a bunch of guys you've never seen before who legitimately look like they're owners of a basketball yeah, team. Stuffy old men. And stuffy suits. old men. And you can see there's one guy in there who's just laughing through the whole thing. Yeah. I he, he's that. laughing through the whole thing because he can't, you know. He wasn't an actor. He, they clearly weren't. They were cast because they looked like owners Stuffy from the man. 70s. Stuffy old men. These guys are funny. And so, it, and as I mean, it's like you see guys like Rob Cordry again and Ed Helms shows up for a little bit, uh, Will Arnett. And they're just, they're just not real people. They look like cartoon characters against actors that are cast because they look like they could have been around in the 70s. So do you think the director and producer are trying something – Experimental, no, or just just no. couldn't make their mind up. I just think they couldn't make their mind up. Okay. So. Yeah, I think they had. I think they had a, a, an idea for this story they wanted to do, and all that just goes out the window when you have Will Ferrell come in and right, go. Right, it's got to be a Will Ferrell movie. Let's Will Ferrell it up. You know what I mean? Got to have an afro and knee socks. Yeah. Uh, what else we got on the old docket there, well, D man? You, you wanted to talk about toys because we got back to oh. that, remember that Lon Lopez likes toys. I had one, I thought you'd find this interesting because we had talked about this off uh, off camera, and uh, basically the DC Universe figures had come out. I just wanted to do a quick review slash complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, they all come with a build a figure feature, and that build a figure is Rex Mason, the Element Man. Which I think did we talk about this last week? Yes, we did. No, apparently you can't call him Metamorpho because there's a company called Metamorpho that... Oh, you found this out. Okay, I read really. it online somewhere. There's a, there's oh, that's a, bizarre. 
a business called Metamorpho that they would have some kind of licensing problem that with. Is right? actually they're practicing alchemy? What are they doing? I, I think I read somewhere it was like a uh, industri- like medicine or like a I'm pharmaceutical sure. that, company. That's huh? really strange though because usually copyright doesn't work that way. I mean, if you have a property, I, don't know. I mean, you can't maintain you can't framework. create you can't create, for example, a movie studio and call it Superman movies. Yeah, well, I don't know if they trademarked Metamorpho. I mean, he's been so in and out of no, but that's why they publish series, yeah. every now and then, so they can maintain that trademark. Yeah, I don't this know. bears some investigation. Well, maybe we'll. If maybe anybody we'll. out there knows, they can email us at editor. editor. Thank you at fanboyplanet.com. Absolutely, we'd um, love to have some. But here's mail. the complaint I have. So I get all the figures. There's five in the series. Oh, you got all of them. Batman, Penguin, Etrigan the Demon, Red Tornado, Red Tornado, Metamorpho. Oh, and Orion. So they're all pretty cool figures. Um, you get them, build a metamorpho. Looks awesome. Put them all. I get all the pieces. I'm like a little kid. I'm like, oh, you know, you get the torso with the head. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, awesome. I got that. And then you get the left arm. So then you like pop the left arm in. Left arm works great. And it comes with little attachments. Oh, I get the left arm. Put the left arm in. It works great. It comes with like a hammer fist or something. Mm-hmm. You get the, the, the right leg and it comes with like a tree stump like stand or something so i'm like oh this is gonna be the best figure awesome you get the the left leg and the left leg won't fit in in the peg it's like a, a production default or uh def- defect so it'll it, it's like it's not i hope it's not the default it's not carved the right way like the the way it's sculpted you can fit it in but it if you move it anyway it just pops out automatically and i went online and did research or whatever and everybody's having like, oh, Mattel, great build a figure, but your metamorpho, like all these different like forums are talking about, like, yeah, if you just super glue the joint, it'll be totally great. And oh, my leg sucks, and rah, 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 you know, so so Mattel had this awesome like build a figure thing, and then they just blew it with the build a figure leg of you know the right leg. It just doesn't. Well, work. that's an important consumer warning then, because <laughs> I just saw those action figures after you told me about it. They were at WonderCon, and I was tempted. Oh, they're great figures. But uh, and it's like the Metamorpho is probably the best one out of the bunch. No, is he standard size? He's yeah. I thought he was going to be bigger, but he's the standard size of all the rest of them. Okay. So essentially, you buy five figures, and you get, you get six, 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 which I think is pretty cool. But the left leg doesn't work. So I was like, oh. Metamorpho now with detachable left yeah. leg. Which but, figure comes with the left leg? I believe it's the Red Tornado. Because it was the last one I opened. It was a red tornado. Okay. I went to put it on. It looks like it can be easily fixed. I might have to. What I might have to do is. Yeah, you're pretty clever with that. I might have to, like, sand down part of the thigh, which is, you know, where it's blocking. And then I might have to, you know, do a little gluing or something. But, you know, just just an alert. Typical Saturday night for you. Consumer alert for all our fans out there. If you're thinking about buying those figures, they're great. Be warned. Metamorpho's left leg is funky. Well, if anybody else has any uh, action figure sculpting tips, editor at fanboyplanet.com. And uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. We, we lost Michael Goodson. That's okay. I'll say goodnight for him. Okay. This is, uh, this is Lon Lopez from www.moreonlife.com. Don't forget, season three, ongoing, right now. Absolutely. Check it out. I believe your episode... What? My episode is, is coming? coming next week. Oh, I'm very excited. Yes, Derek has a little cameo. Oh. So don't forget to check it out. Full episodes online, half-hour episodes on www.morelife.com. Check it out, and if you, can, if you can, leave us a comment or send us an email. And uh, I'm Michael Goodson. Um, I'll be home. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, and I'd like you all to listen to our special 
guest speaker. Hi, this is Phil Morris from the New Frontier, Smallville, Sarah Connor Chronicles, and everything sci-fi. Trust me, you want to use your powers only for good. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Let's talk first about comics. Um, a book came out today. And I'm Michael Goodson. <laughs> Why don't we just start the whole thing over? <laughs> Why don't we just start the whole thing over? Okay. Do you want to really? Yeah. Okay. I totally fumbled that anyway. Okay. Ready, long. Wait. I wonder if we can keep just like we could do the whole show with music from uh, from Civil from Pretty Pink. Yeah. From from Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Uh, that's Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack in the background. And, and ice packs on his <laughs> knees. It's kind of like, let's do a Kennedy assassination movie, and we've got Andy Kaufman to play Kennedy. But he's dead. Yeah, I know. Oh. Kind of works. Or is he? Mmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know. I can, I can bush now. delicious. The cake is a lie. Hello. Hello. Check. What is Hello. that from? Portal. Hello. 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 Sorry. You sound pretty good. I need some this water. This was a triumph. You know you can buy the soundtrack. I'm making a note here. Huge success. Love that song. Do you know you can buy the, the uh, soundtrack? I, I have it. You have it? Uh, <laughs> did you buy it? It's, it's one it of those things that I learned from going to your place. It's like, that's right. Things are available for a limited time only. <laughs> I need to buy this now. Yeah. Because in two years, it'll be on eBay for twice as much, and yeah. in four years, it'll be gone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> speaking of stoned. No, I'm kidding. Oh, come oh. On. <laughs> I was going, hey, we I just got through edited. this without editing. Yay! <laughs> no, you can't. No. Not, no. Um, All right. <laughs>